You're tuning in to the Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal podcast. If you have a story or a guest recommendation that you think others need to hear, email me at wildweirdandsometimesnormal at gmail.com. Let's get this started. Alex and Brett, kick it! Wild. And sometimes normal. On this episode, I'm joined by Pei Kwan Shaw of Immortal Studios. We have a great discussion about turning the page on the superhero genre and focusing on martial arts. Immortal Studios has created four comic books that differ greatly than the typical superhero fluff that is fed to the public. This conversation runs the gamut, and yet we end up back where it started, the mission of Immortal Studios. We discuss the war on your body and energy, music that pollutes your mind, food that pollutes your physical health, mainstream news that pollutes your consciousness, social media that pollutes your mental health. If we only mixed in aliens into this conversation, that would have been a grand summary of all my shows. We did mix in the higher consciousness that is achieved by Shaolin monks and how that leads to fantastical abilities that are depicted in movies like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Paquan was an all-time guest and his perspective on society, culture, the future, and how Immortal Studios is playing a part in that was awesome. Give Immortal Studios a follow and let them know you heard about them on Wild and Weird. Enjoy the show. Are you looking to buy a home in New Jersey, escape the city and move to the suburbs, finally purchase a vacation home on the lake or down the shore? Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who are retiring and moving out of state. If so, let me help you. Keller Williams and the Real Estate Professional Group have what you need to make your goals come true. Reach out and have a conversation with someone who will put you first. Contact Brian McCoach at 856-321-1212 or email McCoach at kw.com. Are you looking for CBD for your pet? My friends at Pure Pet Wellness have what you need. They use the highest quality ingredients. While other companies may use synthetic oils in their CBD, Pure Pet Wellness uses organic ingredients. Organically grown hemp, organic coconut oil, organic shea butter, organic beeswax, and that's just to name a few. A family-owned and operated company that also offers fast shipping. Go to purepetwellness.com for all your pet's CBD needs and use the discount code WILD and WEIRD at checkout. That's WILD, A-N-D, WEIRD. Treat your animal right. Go to purepetwellness.com. Welcome to another episode of WILD, WEIRD, and Sometimes Normal. I'm your host, Brian, and tonight I am joined by Paquan Shao. He's the founder of Immortal Studios. Welcome. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. I'm, hey, I'm dude, not sure great. if I'm the WEIRD or... The normal, I guess people will decide, right? Yeah, we give the grades at the end. Right now you're open for everything and then we'll we'll you know we'll wait the grades yeah. and see where you fall on it. That's almost that almost sounds like an invitation for me to act in a hyperbolic kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything, all your sentences should end with exclamation points. There should just be yes. grandiose statements. Should be like wildly animated and <laughs> I think that'll be great, man. We'll get you going viral. We'll get you guys helped out on your project. It'll be awesome. Hey, I'm all for that. You said today was day one of your Kickstarter. Can you give me some That's details right. on that? Sure. We just went live on Kickstarter for a campaign called Turning the Page on Superheroes. All I've right. Run... What does that mean? Well, it means just like saying, hey, enough is enough. Like, how many times do you need to see Batman remade and made and over and over again? I think there's a time and place for everything. And superheroes have dominated pop culture for a really, 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 really long time. And it's time that we we just kind of take our eyes and think about something new to put our attention to as kind of a modern mythology that, that we subscribe to almost as a planet that, look, look, I mean, do we need to see another radioactive spider, another intergalactic feud, another leotarded superhero that comes from some kind of cosmic gobbledygook so all of the things you're describing though 
could possibly happen in 2023, 2024 in real life. So I'm not sure we need to write all this off yet. This could be real life things happening to us soon. Well, yes, those things are happening, but we're not talking about a Cape Crusader. We're talking about real challenges in our daily lives that merit it. Right. Yeah. Uh, because that's kind of a more serious subject matter. And and obviously we're also talking about entertainment. And because I think in, in superhero kind of storytelling, there's a there's an understanding that, oh, this is some kind of fantastic world that has nothing to do with our reality. So here's a little bit of escapist entertainment. Why don't we take you out of your ordinary life? And there's a time and place for that. And I'm not saying that it, it should disappear in its entirety, but I think people are ready for something more directly related to our lives and not take us out of our lives through fantasy, but how about stories and through characters and arcs that help us get through our own lives? And that's kind of where the big idea behind Immortal Studios, where we are, we have built a the world's first interconnected wuxia martial arts fantasy universe with this promise that the, the, the kind of heroism and the kind of heroes we're talking about are are people just like you and I, and the way they get through it is by working on themselves, developing their discipline, accessing things like their chi, their energy, working in concert with natural forces to become real-life superhumans. And this is where I think the wuxia, the martial arts fantasy genre is different than superheroes because wuxia is based on a lot of um, kung fu philosophy and theories that have made people extraordinarily powerful from like a Bruce Lee all the way to like a Monkey King. And, you know, with, with Neo and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and a lot of fantastical things in between where there's a real connectivity to how our minds and bodies and psychologies and metaphysical realities actually work. Like, does that make sense? It really does. I actually have like 15 things I'm going to try to hit on first and not insert too many jokes. So... <laughs> one just one just as an overall point like what led you to your belief was it just watching marvel keep pumping crap out and then you were just like oh, okay oh the box offices are, are just plummeting yet you guys have not caught on that people no, that, don't need a new was, superhero every month i think it's a combination of all of it first of all i have to say because i've been a fan look I, I i got my first x-men i think when i was you know 10 11 years old and i i loved it i still do I've given an, an inordinate amount of my time, energy, and 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 life to the care of superheroes. I don't necessarily regret it. And where I've arrived at at Immortal wasn't was also not kind of this opportunistic idea. It's like, oh wow, they're they're tanking. I'm going to do something different. Is that I was actually born into a a martial arts fantasy family. My father was one of the top creators in the genre, and he made. He was one of the top creators writing in this wuxia literature that in the East is very much similar to like to like superheroes. So I kind of grew up on this literature and it really inspired me and it really deeply informed my perspectives on life and it gave me a true north. It gave me a an appreciation for the possibilities that exist within our own bodies and minds and spirits. So So I'm a purist in that regard. And when I came of age and became an adult, I actually learned to practice martial arts and Kung Fu. And I had a chance to train with extraordinary individuals from spiritual teachers on the Indian side to actual Shaolin warrior monks. You know, actually just two days ago, I hosted the entire Shaolin warrior monks, including the head of the Shaolin temple here in Los Angeles on a live on stage activation. So in a way, I've I've been introduced both to the fantastical worlds of that literature and fantasy through storytelling through my father, and then through the Shaolin Temple, my own lived experiences, walking and practicing those things. And then professionally, I've been a movie producer, I've been a serial entrepreneur, I've been a film financier, I've been a tech entrepreneur, and I've been in culture and arts and live events. So I put all those three things together. It's not like, and it just so happens that we're now looking at this moment where everybody's getting tired of superheroes. And I think the numbers really show it. While anime and manga, if you look at it, particularly for people who are 35 and under, is cleaning the superheroes' clocks. So you put it all together. And of course, in anime and manga, if you, anime and manga is just a medium, it's not a genre. 
if you look at the top performing genres within an anime manga, surprise, it's martial arts fantasy. <laughs> Everybody so, loves so, it. So for it not to, for it have taken so long, like there was Crouching Tiger, you brought that up, Bruce Lee, obviously, but like as a kid, you know, in, in Western culture, well, sorry, I'm going to speak for myself, but like, you know, growing up in New Jersey, there wasn't like this Saturday morning cartoon or like anything that you could really focus on to to learn. You know, some of the things you were talking about with like, you know, the how we could become our own superheroes kind of and like work yeah. with nature and work with our, our chi and all right. these things. And that almost was like the original Star Wars of like anybody could have had the force. That was like the original concept. And then George Lucas tweaked it later that you like if you were worked hard enough, like Luke didn't have it. He worked hard enough. Oh, yeah. He was a good person. And it was like, if you were a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, you're like, I could have the force. Then he ruined that yeah. in like 97 or 98, whenever it came out. But the things you're talking about are real life things that people, yeah. like, like Bruce Lee is a real life person who did things like this, yes. who was a superhero in real life. Yeah. Yet does not I don't use this. the word superhero. I use, I use the word kind of awakened hero is that it's not exclusionary. That's the thing. I think superheroes requires... It almost feels like it's out of reach, right? You're born that or it's some kind of weird accident, a gene mutation. Um, you know, you were if you're playing the sludge. To, right. Uh, it, it's seldom within the superhero world, someone actually earned it. You know, a very, very small percentage of them had any kind of decision. You know, Wolverine didn't decide he was going to be Wolverine. Like it was, you know, it happened to him. So in that way, the superhero thing it doesn't make it accessible. So 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 I don't like to use the word superhero. And part of it is because I think it's the, the term is already it's it's become a trope. Right. Anybody with a body is accessible. And that's what I love about the wuxia genre that some and oftentimes are the least assuming people, you know, the the frail, the, the crippled. You know, that somebody who's the challenge. So, so in a way, this is the genre for the real underdog. The heroes are always the most unlikely people. And through their dedication and their commitment, and of course, accessing these metaphysical realities, and everybody has chi. So it's not like, oh, only the lucky few has chi. No, it's not the case. Like, if you have a body, you have a mind, you have a will, you know what? It's available to you. You can consciously evolve there and, and that is like that's an amazing 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 promise right and i and i think that whole eastern philosophical perspective really leans into that you know that's one of the key tenets of that belief system um it's funny you, you talked about saturday mornings but because i don't know you know there wasn't a kung fu theater i, I don't recall on saturday mornings but saturday afternoons there was kung fu theater so <laughs> i think this is where the RZA, this is Wu-Tan. You know, oh, this, this is, is all of it. Yeah, what I, I saw the... Like, so, so everybody grew up with this stuff. Oh, right. No, definitely. I was older then for that part of it. But, you know, uh, when I saw the Shaolin Studios, I was like, how many times can I yell Shaolin what as we're doing an interview? And I was like, and I and like not insult you, but like, we have to bring... Wu-Tang's for the children, so they have to make into the conversation. Absolutely. Um. So, so, yes, I mean, so that has been around for... It never really... It was always there. But I think it's now naturally, organically sparking. We're seeing it. Look, everything, everywhere, all at once. Just cleared Best Picture. And this was a movie that is, at its heart, a wuxia film. Look at one of the most, I think, one of the most exciting things to come out of the Marvel Universe for a really long time. And the numbers bear it out is Shang-Chi, where it broke box office history in the middle of the pandemic when everybody was scared to get COVID. They still came out and broke box office history in the middle of COVID. And... We have to talk about uh, The Last Airbender. You know, Avatar, The Last Airbender. This is a classic martial arts film. And in fact, on our on, our, on the stage that Amora, my company just produced with the Shaolin Temple, three days ago, we brought the inspiration behind Avatar, The Last Airbender, Sifu Kisu, who is a, who is a Shaolin disciple. And he demystified the whole process. It was Shaolin philosophy that inspired Avatar, The Last Airbender. So there you have it. And we haven't talked about One Punch Man. We haven't talked about all those various anime titles that have inspired generations and generations. And, and I, I, so I think we're seeing in the fulcrum. And again, it's this backdrop of companies such as Immortal, such as my company, you know, is, is out there building that interconnected world in a way that 
I think it's kind of cool and interesting. So the fact that we work with the Shaolin Temple, which is the birthplace of Kung Fu and Zen. So this is the original Jedi Academy. The fact that my father was one of the top creators in the genre. And, and for people watching, like all of these books are his. He wrote these books. 61 books in total. He has been enshrined with his own Wuxia library at UCLA, my alma mater. He is considered one of the legends in that business, and I've created in his footsteps now. So between his library, our partnership with the Shaolin world, and the fact that people like our team has people like Bob Harris, who's the only person who's been editor-in-chief of both Marvel and DC, coupled with what's going on in this in the zeitgeist right now. So when I say we're turning the page on superheroes, it's not, uh, in a way, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but... In another way, we actually mean it. And we're not, you know, being total punks coming out without any kind of credence saying shit like that. That's awesome. I mean, if you have the head of DC and Marvel on your team, like you're truly turning the page on that. And it's like time to move yeah. on. And I also think that, you know, so we talked about anime for like, you know, some of the younger people uh, they were coming up. You, you know, anime is like big. People watch that more like under 35 crowd. And I also think there's like just also a more awakening for like everybody and understanding that like everything kind of affects everything. And we went from this very silo way, even religiously. Yeah. And I think, you know, and people still are heavily invested in specific religions. I also think now a lot more people are looking at like a global, a universal, you know, that there there's there might not be, you know, a one god you know man with a white beard but there is yeah. an all-encompassing energy power that is you know yeah. and we all go back to it at some point i think people are stepping away from religion the fastest growing category are actually people who don't have any kind of religious beliefs but if you look a little bit further it's not that they don't have beliefs it's that they reject sectarianism so i think the word i mean spiritual but not religious right Right? Like saying, hey, I do believe that there's the force, there's a rhythm, there's an order to this universe, but it doesn't, it's not captured so neatly by any one religion that, you know, in, in total probably has done some pretty horrible things have been done, have been done in the name of religion. And I think people don't want that anymore. Right. I mean, we're all, and it comes yeah. down to like where you were born or like what neighborhood you were born, like what family is like what religion you were in. But then, yeah. you know, it's funny, like if you only, if you stay small town, like you're really, you're really territorial about like, Hey man, like this is my area. And then as you go bigger and bigger and you know, and, you know, you're in Los Angeles. So, you know, oh, I love LA that, you know, this is my neighborhood. And then you go up to San Francisco, but maybe you'll find some LA guys, but you go out to Chicago and you're gonna be like, Oh, you're from Cali. Like I'm a Cali guy too. And then like, yeah. you know, you go to the UK and you're like, Oh, you're an American. Like I'm an American too. And then as you yeah. keep going, it just comes like bigger and bigger. Like, dude, we're all yeah, like people. If we're in Mars, it'd be like, oh, you're from Earth too. <laughs> right. Right. But and but and that's but we're all it just happens to be where you're from. But I think a lot of people, you know, we're bring up are, are becoming more spiritual. And yeah. you know, you, you know, Bruce Lee talked about this, you know, a lot. And you know, he was he, he was very much like the carry a big stick and speak softly. Like he wasn't the one yeah. out there causing the problems, but he's like, I'll solve it if it comes up. Like I'll stick up to a little guy, yeah. or like, you know, I'll go fight whoever it has to be, but like I'm not yeah. the one causing the problems. Yeah, or, or if, you know, I'm not going to begin a fight, but if the fight finds me, then, or, or you know, and 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 this is another aspect of Wuxia is the notion of carrying forth justice, you know, being a, an agent for justice when it finds you, not picking it. And I think that's a, an important distinction. But there's something you said earlier I want to dive into a little bit, because I think we started to have this, which is... um the state of mental health right now in, in our world is very precarious. We are all on edge. And if you're not present to it, then you're probably in some kind of cocoon or you're in denial is that there's a huge amount of uncertainty and stress and anxiety. That's a no brainer. If you were on the Gaza Strip or you're in Israel or you're in Ukraine, you're in one of the Eastern European states bordering any of that, you would be, you would be considerably on edge. But even for everybody else, the kind of uncertainty, I, I, had, a, I had a conversation with the, the chief spiritual officer, the chaplain of USC, and he was talking about telling me the unprecedented level of anxiety, depression, confusion that he's seen young people. And these are, if you're going to USC, your chances are you're pretty 
reasonably well off. You know, you're, you've got a maybe a better prognosis on the future by virtue of where you come from or your your educational status, what have you. And if you're on the path are, to a better status from USC. If you yeah, graduate USC, but, you're you know probably going to have a good as, career. As, as, as a Bruin, I don't necessarily, as someone who went to UCLA, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. But let's just say, <laughs> with the, with the of argument, you can still have a better job than them. But I mean, they're, they're not going to be like you know a ditch digger yeah. unless, unless you want to. Okay. But hey, I'm you know. So there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening that's unprecedented. And and that what do you think that is? I, Why do you think the younger people, do you think it's all social media? I don't think it's also well, I think social media, I think it's a big heavy soup. Um, social media is part of it, but social media, what it represents, because social media just didn't happen today. It happened really maybe 10, 15 years ago, that a lot of the young kids who grew up have had their brain chemistry, their their mental faculties, their neural pathways programmed by social media. So they're they've become chemically induced almost. They're 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 bound by their their chemical and neural pathways to look for certain types of hits through social media. And this is like so we're talking about dopamine hits. We're talking about so it's not just social media now, it's, it's brain chemistry, it's psychology. And breaking out of that is, it's, it's, like, it's like breaking out of the matrix. So when yeah, you yeah. kind of, when, when you're in that kind of echo chamber, when you need that kind, when you're relying on this form of communication, these kind of fast paces to stimulate yourself to feel good, it's like, that's all of it, right? It's an entire soup. So when I say, Turning the page is really like what kind of stories are relevant? What kind of stories can actually help us right now? Because if stories can't help us, we already know that religion isn't. Governments can't. Corporations don't give a shit. What are we left with? And we know also that we have a global calamity coming in the form of climate change. And as the division between the haves and the have-nots, the developed world or the Western world and the rest of the the rest of the world, like all these divisions that are happening, what is going to be the superseding factor? What is the connective tissue? Uh, which is kind of an interesting thing. You know, I was a political scientist. I my my first love in life, I thought I was going to run for office until I just had this light bulb go off. It's like, hey, you know what? The new vanguard is really storytelling. So the kind of stories that that can actually bring people together and liberate us from the stupor. And so it does come back to stories, and I think it's very, very relevant for all of these things. I think that's really good. Also, don't let your dreams go, man, because like the average age in Congress is like 95. So you have a whole lifetime to do everything you want with Immortal Studios and still be young enough at like 80 to get into you know Congress or even well, president. Well, the, the thing is, I think in some ways we can even do more good in being in storytelling, because, you know, if you look at social change, political change, if you can go from 49% of public approval to 51%, that's called leadership. But what moves something from 10% awareness to 49 is culture, storytelling. This is where the, the rest of it takes place. I don't know, like, what I think about, for instance, when, when Barack Obama was president, you know, he was not able to take a leadership position on on the LGBTQ issue. I don't know what your people's personal politics are, but he always believed in equality between people of different sexual orientations. He was not able to take that perspective running for office until he was usurped by his own VP, our current president, um, Biden. So that was considered a leap of faith. But what really made it possible were like Ellen DeGeneres and, and you know, Dharma and Greg, all those different shows and different entertainment. I think a lot of it was socialized and normalized through storytelling. Well, you're afraid so of the unknown, right? So you're afraid of the unknown. A new topic, whatever it might be, comes up. You only know what you're being told. You're, you're like, oh, and, and each side, whatever it could be, has their own fear factor of like being fed into them and their own echo chamber. I'm like, oh my God, this whole new thing. Oh, you know, uh, or the uh the bug meat or whatever they had like oh i don't want just meat or you know yeah but, but if you can get it into the culture if you can get it into like darby and greg like oh that was so fun uh the um yeah. sean the sean hayes i'm trying to think of his the tv show he was in the, the smartless guy that uh, whatever but 
you know, you get in the culture and you can improve things. I think a lot of times the positions of the people take positions based on what their political party tells them instead of like, yeah. if that was your neighbor, how would you act towards them? Because very rarely yeah. do I see like neighbors screaming at each other. Not like Grant and me, I start mowing on their lawn and all this other junk. But for the most part, like yeah. everyone comes in like, hey man, like welcome to the neighborhood and you guys talk and whatever it is. But, you know, yeah. I, I think the more you can seed into culture, the more that it can help change. And with, you know, yeah. you know, we talked about, about the mental health, but if you can put yeah. positive things out there for people to focus on, you know, I find that exactly, exactly. And, 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 um, and I don't think people, and this is where storytelling, I think, can play a very big role. We also haven't talked about the fact that kind of um, the people who are running popular culture right now are multinational conglomerates. They actually decide the kind of belief systems to throw out into everybody. And when their only motive is profit, how do I make next quarterly numbers? What do people want to watch and how do I get it? So, so there isn't even a, an additional layer of like, hey, how can we put some good stuff out there into inside people's heads? So there's another reason to turn the page because do we really want to David Zavlov from from Warner Brothers, you know, Discover Communications, whose whose only passion in life is to is to optimize his, his share value, and Bob Iger, who's just basically trying to save Disney's you know quarterly earnings, and and these are the people who are really writing what people's belief systems are. Like, is that right? Do we want that? Right. All they're doing is swinging for home runs. You don't hit a home run every single time, but they dump all this money into it. And you're moving all these, yeah. you're removing all these passion projects and all these middle road movies that people now look back on, you know, rounders, Matt Damon and Edward Norton yeah. playing cards. Great movie. That would never get made now because it's not, it wasn't made to make 200 million, 500 million, a billion dollars. Right. The $10 million movie to make $50 million and come off be a success. Right. Originality, independent thinking, and, and you know, a, a creative perspective. And there are said the social good. Well, that's you know, the funny part for a lot of the movies now. Like, so I, I've watched, you know, most of the superhero ones, but I just fall off from it. And if I'm by myself and, you know, my wife and kids are out, I'll throw on a good action movie. I'll put whatever. But if it's just, you know, Sunday night, we're winding down and my wife and I, we just tend to look for like that cheesy wholesome movie that you can kind of watch but there's yeah. also like like Dennis Quaid makes a lot of these now and like I don't know if he's like the you know a great star or whatever Is he still say. Hey, stuff? Den- he he ha- it, it tends to be like religious stuff that he comes out with uh, uh-huh. most of it's not like overtly rig- religious but it's just like subtle or somebody will get hurt and like oh we should you know pray for him and, and help this out but it ends up just being like this good message this yeah. you know there's it's not just sleaze being put out there just sometimes yeah. they just do stuff just for the effect instead of being part of the story yeah i have, I have minimal problem if it's part of the story but if it's just like hey we should just do this because it's going to get a reaction it comes yeah. off it, it, very true yeah. or, or just daring for its own sake being provocative just to just to stir shit up but then you have no solutions or frankly we, the other thing about it is i think in terms of isms like there's two things that we start are starting are rubbing me the wrong way one is you know, the just call it nihilism. And I think we see a lot, we feel a lot of nihilism, which is like nothing really matters. What the fuck? Excuse my French. You know, we'll celebrate all the words here, don't worry. Yeah, since nothing matters, there's no inherent meaning, just do whatever. Because this is all a meaningless soup. So I think you get that a lot, you know, and that somehow is supposed to be cool. You know, I see know, half that on my social media of people without direction. And then, yeah. you know, this like mob mentality, as soon as something bad starts happening, everybody just joins in instead of just yeah. common decency. And, you know, like maybe we shouldn't destroy the store or maybe 15 people shouldn't beat up this guy to death. Yeah. Like, uh, it, yeah. it, you know, but nothing yeah. matters. So who cares? No, nothing matters. And by the, if you stand for something, then like, whoa, that's why. And I think we hear that a lot also in, in, in rap, in, in, in this kind of, t- this current generation of hip hop. By the way, I love hip hop. I came up with with it, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm very critical of the prevailing ideas in popular hip hop. If you listen to the lyrics, if you really, really listen to them, you're like, I do not want this shit in my brain. And as a father of a, of, of, a, of a teenage daughter, like, I don't want my daughter having these perspectives and ideas. So I think nihilism is is a, is a real 
ill. Now, I don't believe in government over the over-regulation of it, but I do think it's worth to have a conversation about it outside of religious environment where they're kind of on the other side of it saying, oh, we're better than, you know, holier than now. I think there's a there's a healthier objective perspective without being so holier than now. So nihilism, I think, is something that it's almost like a it's a plague. It's a it's a virus in people's heads that that we need to revisit. The other one is I would say dystopian. This perspective that we are heading toward this huge apocalyptic event. There's no way around it. We see it all around in in, in zombie apocalypse movies or where the, the Last of Us. That somehow we're we're headed toward a future where the planet is going to be shit. Everybody's going to die. Would be down to a few and like. And if you sample people in the general population, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if a majority of people actually believe that's where we're going. And that's incredibly sad and dangerous if you think about it. But isn't that what our leaders, quote, quote, leaders here, our leaders and our you know news organizations, that's all they're pushing, though, on us. I, I mean, they, they came like CNN and Fox both said like, oh, and we had the death checkers on for COVID. Like people tuned in more if we had those, if we took them away. So instead yeah. of sitting here and like just reporting the news for what it, and I, I get this is like yeah. hopes and dreams and, you know, I can't talk about yeah. kittens on the nightly news, but like, so we talked about the dopamine hits that you're going to get from social media yeah. and and the Netflix had a great thing on Facebook. I forget what it was called. And like how people have to keep checking in to see how many likes you have and all this stuff, but the news yeah. does it too. And they have it such down to such an algorithm and such a, a neuroscience of what's going to keep you tuned in for five more seconds. What's going to keep you tuned in? Hey, if I put up this death count, if I say, Oh, a meteor is coming in 2060. Like, okay, like, is that supposed to like lead the news? And like, nothing ever comes anyway when it's supposed to come. So, which brings up another question, which is like, is the news trustworthy? No, you know, <laughs> no. we actually because because we know that it's really about choosing the news, right? Because things are happening. I mean, we're we're a, a planet of billions of people, and in any kind of regional community that whether it's hundreds of thousands of people or tens of thousands of people there's news is about choosing right but these are profit-driven organizations too let's not forget that you know like so yes ratings what's going to move advertising so we've already seen that we're living in a very siloed world so i think it's kind of sad too if you think about it like we are also news organizations are they really trustworthy no, not at um, all. Some of my favorite clips are like the obvious fake news things. Like the, the Weather Channel had this guy and he was down at the hurricane and he was like really leaning into the wind and it's blowing him. And he's like, I can barely stand here, Jim. And then behind him, two people are just slowly jogging. Like they were just like <laughs> hanging out, going for their little run. And then they yeah. was like, oh, no, you understand. My shoes were slippery. They had one. Uh, it may have been Anderson Cooper, like laid down in a puddle. So it's like he was mm -hmm. like chest deep and they kept the camera running and she, he just stood up. And it's like, guys, like, yeah. Yeah, but it's just to get those ratings, to get those hips. I want to stay on this yeah. for one second. So we talked about hip hop though. Why did like the the hope hip hop, why did the De La Soul, the tribes, like they stuck around, but like why did that not become more of a movement? And then they brought in like that crime rhyme and and you know, like really emphasizing that ghetto superstar lifestyle. Like why did that take place? Look, I'm sure there are a lot more people who are more tuned in and connected to the machinations of why it happened. So I can just theorize from where I'm sitting. And I, I think I think it really started with, I think, the glamorization of kind of depraved behavior. And there was a moment where I think certain realities in certain socioeconomic environments were being reflected. And that got a lot of recognition. And I believe the importance of that because, you know, that is a, a big social piece. And then I think from that point, it became about as people have started to reflect more and more of that, people became entertained by this culture of depravity. If you really sit down and listen to what, um, you know, let's just say, uh, name name a recent hip-hop artist. We've got Andre 3000 coming out on Friday with a flute album. I'm excited for that. But, you know, you've, you've got uh, <laughs> go. half, the, half the guys I don't even know. Uh, I'm trying like Travis, uh, Lil Nas mm -hmm. X, all these guys. Yeah. I mean, the, so there, there are people creating... You know, and, and the real artists are always somewhere in the middle, right? Not somewhere in the middle. They they do have a voice, they do have something, but I but I would say it seems like the prevailing environment is 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 just generally pretty negative. Right. So I, sometimes people I think like to bathe in that negativity and then you know 
growing yeah. up, I grew up in the in the '90s, uh, in the '80s, and the '90s playing basketball started, you know, in the '90s. And it was Michael Jordan. If you'd put your, your Michael Jordan jersey on and go outside and play, you know, out front or at the park or whatever, and you do yeah. your Michael Jordan moves because you know, like that's what you saw. And I, I think as we talked about, so late '80s, early '90s, you started having right. New Jack City, you started having Boys in the Hood, all these things, NWA, these yeah. guys coming out, and that became the popular, that became the money maker, that became. So that's what you want to do is go do that. Yeah. And hearing, you know, like like Q Tip and these guys, you know, doing yeah. their their stuff isn't as is not as a, as a exciting, I guess. You know, yeah. it doesn't that positivity and, when now, you're surrounded in the yeah. negative world. And now we have the Cardi B's of the world, you know, where which she was bragging about uh, drugging men and stealing their money, and yeah. that was it, glamorized. Glamorizing, and it's also it, look, I. I it's understandable because I, I I know that if you look at her life, where she's come from, her experiences, it's almost like pushing back on it or trying to get her piece of it. And I think the fact that it's become the the prevailing culture is what is problematic, right? It, it's problematic, and I, and I don't think it's about enforcing or regulating it, but I think. You know, the, the more difficult challenge is how do you come up with stuff that actually tracks with people by by um, being very, very creative while being very, very good. So I really think of it as like, well, can we make healthier foods taste delicious? It's the same thing, right? It's I, And I think in, in the West, there's this, this kind of um, fast food culture, right? We're just going to serve you a bunch of crap. We'll deep fry the shit out of everything. Serve it up to you with a, with a big big gulp and, and and sugar it sugar it up and you're gonna love eating it because it tastes really good. In fact, it's created and manufactured in a way to get you hooked, to want you to to keep eating. But we're not gonna really worry about its impact on you because that's another thing altogether. But you know, and then now it's created a, a whole civilization of super overweight people where obesity has become a problem. So I think. When we're talking about storytelling, I really like this Eastern concept. You know, there, there's a saying in Chinese that they describe culture and anything you consume. They call content and, and that we consume spiritual food, which I think is a really good analogy. So if you think about the things we consume with our minds, with our ears, with with our consciousness, with our minds, it's like food for our spirit. So I think we have a lot of junk food right now. But I, I don't think we're saying, hey... We're just going to serve you bread and water, and, and in fact, let's go on a fast. That's not really that realistic. So I think I think of it as: can we serve nutritious spiritual food that's actually good for you and tastes amazing? Well, that's a good thing. Is you don't have to hide it with all these spices or anything. They're like, no, there is healthy food that does taste good, but you also have to like, yeah. change your mind on what you want to do. So like that yeah. person must have you to, have to be willing. You have to be willing, but I think. For people who are content creators, then it's to come for to share this perspective. It's a the opportunity is to then like, well, well, how do we actually do that? And I don't think you could do it just because you want to. You have to do it because first of all, you have to have gone through the journey yourself. You can't pass on something you don't know. So it makes it pretty real then. How right. come when I'm telling my kids flag football team about this, I'm telling them my championships that I have, they don't want to hear it because they think I'm an old man that can't go do it. I have to go run the routes for them to show them how it's done. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to listen. I, I need you to, I, I'm going to have to hire you for a speech to come tell them about this stuff. <laughs> hey, I'll, 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 I'll give you my email. I'll come yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. No. Come out. Look, like, right. Yeah. Is to awaken the hero on everybody because I think with everybody there is not a one size fit all solution, and I think everybody has different goals and different perspectives, different talents, different ways we want to express it. So I think it's important to have as broad of a scope as possible, and knowing that it's not a one size fit all. But I think that perspective is universal. We can take these universal truths and in, into our lives. And the most powerful thing is to live it. I think that's good. You have to lead it by example and show. Yeah. So what? So Kickstarter started today. What is the goal of the Kickstarter? What's happening with that? We have, up until this point, we have been issuing our, our single stories one by one. What makes this Kickstarter very special is I created something called the Immortal Storyverse. And the Immortal Storyverse is composed of four titles. is the Adept, 
which is kind of in the Bruce Lee and Cobra Kai, Jackie Chan school, where we're talking about masters of Kung Fu. This is the stuff that you would learn in a martial arts studio. It's more grounded. And that's kind of the project, The Adept. The second one is called Assassin G. This is where things becoming far more stylized. This is the masters of Qi. This is where things becoming more esoteric, more philosophical. The representative titles would be like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You're, you know, people are starting to jump around a lot. You're starting to see pretty fantastical things. And then you go one above where the Qi now is now more involved in ostensibly spiritual. So this is the world of the immortals. This is where like the zoo warriors, this is where the matrix would be. And then from that is the world of the arhats. This is the world of enlightened beings, intergalactic, heaven and hell. So this is where monkey king would be. This is where I think the high fantasies of the genre would live. This is where Dragon Ball Z would be. So we kind of have, and this is where Fa Sheng from our story verse lives. And and so we've created, we have these four titles, and they're known as the Immortal Storyverse. And this particular Kickstarter is is bringing everybody updated copies from our first issue onto its present day. We've never done this before, so this Kickstarter is basically a chance to catch up on everything that we've done for the past few years and get a sampling of what it's really about from this Immortal perspective. There's something for everybody, and it's a massive content drop. That's what the story verse is about. And this also gives me the chance to talk more uh, visionarily about our work. Because up until now, we've talked about here's a title, here's this character, but what is it really about? What does it really mean? I haven't been able to have this comprehensive conversation about nihilism, about dystopianism, about mental health, about storytelling, about spiritual food about bringing all those worlds together and turning the page on superheroes, all those things that I've been thinking about that have been in my motivating forces becomes alive. So so we're really kind of pulling pulling the sheath back on, on why we exist as a company above and beyond just generating really, really great engaging stories. This is what turning the page is, and this is what our campaign's about, and this is why I'm excited to be on shows like this where I can really just kind of come from my heart and, and and talk very openly about the things that inspire me and things that make Immortal very, very different. I really think that's awesome. But just from where you're coming from and you know, you're factoring in the outside world and things that you see, and then like not like how like, you can fix it, but also just kind of like how this like philosophy, like me myself, I'm fixing myself. Like you're not fixing me, but you're opening yeah. the door for me to see these things, you know. And as as we said before, I really think we're at a time where more people are open to all of this, like we've been failed yeah. by everything, everything around this is crumbling. And but it's going back to like, you know, there is something bigger. There is the only person to save you is, is yourself. So yeah, you know, it's we, true. Seen most. It's true. Like, and and you have to make that decision. You have to walk through it. You have to make the decisions. And there you have it. But I think one of the ways of getting there is changing your environment. You know, being open to new ideas. And this is, I think, where we come in. And we're looking for that little opening. And everybody has a version of it. Everybody has a version of a messenger that will land for them and with them. And everybody needs to hear from, in a way that they can understand, from a messenger that they can appreciate, from a modality that is the most open to them. And some people get it through golf. Some people get it through comic books. And some people need to get it from a... They're going to get it from a podcast. They're going to get it from a podcast and hear exactly stuff. Need need to get it from this podcast, this moment from you. It's like, hey. So so there you have it. I want to hear from Brian Brian McCoach. That's what it's all about, man. That's what everyone's here for. (laughs) No, I really think it really is about when you're ready to receive the message. So many times I come home, like in my life, and like my wife will give me good suggestions like, Oh, Hey, like maybe you should do this or I do that. And like, I hear and it kind of goes in and out and then I'll come home and I'm like, I was, I was listening to this podcast on the way home. And I have like this great idea right here. She's like, I've been telling you that for months. Like, you yeah. know, I just wasn't receptive at that time or like whatever it was, it just didn't click for me, but it's just funny how that, that happens. And if people are looking for new content, yeah. better content than what's out there, the same old thing, you put on Netflix and Disney Plus and all these same shows happening over and over. Yeah, It's not food for your soul. It's not food for your spirit. It's not helping you think deeper 
than yeah. just space out for 90 minutes or whatever it is. And you come back and, yeah. you know, I yeah. went nowhere. I did nothing. But, you know, for these things, it's just start jogging your you know, your yeah. mind and opening you up and, and seeing what's happening out there. But but I think there is a change right now. And I think we're, having, we're seeing that in, in real time. And this is what I think where people are splintering off and going, checking in and going to places like, look at the, the explosion of different sub-channels on, on YouTube. You know, so I think people are really thirsty for something else. Um, for for content at least that doesn't add to the confusion and the weight and the pressure that people are already feeling. There's can definitely people out there looking for guidance and looking for direction. And, yeah. you, and you can see that, you know, through what's being or, created or, out there. Or like recovery or relief or or some relaxation at a bare minimum. You know, right. that's that's actually turning it down a little bit versus deadening or numbing out where a lot of entertainment have has been people have associated with that as like hey i'm under so much stress i'm just gonna go watch a marvel movie have everything massive visual effects and have an explosion happen every five minutes to completely blow me out of my mind where i'm just completely overwhelmed my senses overwhelmed so i could get relief from my nagging thoughts from my depression from my anger my sadness from whatever for for two hours and we'll call it entertainment well, that's over that's... two hours later what happens you come out and you're like what the fuck just happened none of your shit solved you don't have a better idea yeah. how to do anything yeah. I, nothing's been solved but maybe there's a few cool money shots and and so so i think this is another reason to turn the page it's almost like they're they're, they're no longer there they have nothing really relevant to share anymore they have no real wisdom or worthwhile ideas. Just like, hey, maybe you would like this song and this would be cooler. And this person has a cool haircut. And look at this new breastplate. And there's this new weapon. And, you know, this new visual effect that we can tantalize you a little bit more. Just not enough anymore, man. People feel what, it. I, I really, I think they do. You can, because there's no, also no originality in anything that's coming out anymore. It's, everything's a remake. Everything is just an offshoot or an origin yeah. story or, you know, everyone teams up together, yeah. uh, you know, and so people are dying for original content, for new ideas, for, yeah. you know, hopeful ideas, I think too. So for Immortal Studios, you know, you, you have this like written work. Are you looking to go into, you know, film or videos or... Yeah, all, all, all of the above. I, I'm a I'm a big believer in something called transmedia. In a different generation, it was called multi-platform. In in a few years, maybe someone else would come up with another idea. But you know, it's the same concept, right? It's the idea that different types of stories and experiences live on different media platforms in a way that accentuates that particular strength. Our first major product has been comic books because comic books to me is like the easiest, fastest way to tell complex, nuanced, thematic, rich stories in semi-real time that doesn't involve a lot of post-production and but but you know whatever you can draw like there's no limitations to your creativity. So I think it's a really good medium to engage people to go pretty fast without without uh, any limitation on 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 your ambition or your your scope. So that has been the first one out the door. I'm following that and the things that have now been product has been kind of adjusted because we're constantly learning from our fans. They're constantly telling us we're learning what they like and for what reason, blah, blah, blah. So the workshop version of it will now, you know, we're working on our own film studio and our own game studio. So games and, and films are the things that will be coming up next. We also have consumer products, collectibles. So yeah, I, I envision Immortal becoming a multifaceted, multi-platform Hollywood studio, which is where we're going. That's awesome, man. I, I hope the best for you, man. That sounds awesome. So growing up, you drew comics, I'm assuming? No, no. I I, I, I read comics. I didn't draw. Well, I, I drew as a kid, which is interesting. I drew, and my favorite thing was drawing martial heroes. But uh, I was not encouraged to pursue this path, and so I, I didn't. I never pursued the visual arts or creative arts, and, and, and in fact, I I studied politics when I was when I when I went to UCLA, and, and I shared earlier in this program that 
my first goal was actually to be in 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 political office and that was my first career as well and where i pivoted to storytelling was when i woke up one day and realized that the people who actually get to have a conversation at the level of emotion and culture and aesthetics are far more influential than a politi- than a politician who is trying to allocate budgets or legislate behaviors rather than getting to the root causes of things and you talked about i think this hyper a partisan environment where politicians are no longer changing minds anymore. It's almost like a bloodbath to see whether you can slay your political enemies and keep them down so that you can win somehow. And, you know, and so much damage has been done in the process of doing that. We're tearing communities apart. I don't know when the change happened or I was just too young to really notice it, but I really feel that the hard leaning one way or the other for the parties when I was growing up or people's parents I knew, like I never knew like really how they voted. And everybody just seemed kind of like common sense down the middle. And depending on the topic, you might just swerve left or right. And this is what every person did. They're like, oh no, like I hey, so, you know, social issues, I lean a bit left. And then fiscal yeah. responsibility, I lean a little bit right. But I always come back down the yeah. middle and like what's what's best for the world. But now, yeah. one, maybe people say things out loud more than they think inside, but like most people are like, I'm diehard left, I'm diehard right. Like I'm I'm gonna fix it, and nobody else can ever have a good idea. And you see this with you know the politicians that like God forbid they could agree on like how can this yeah. amount of money be spent the right way and we can get multiple people on board from both sides to say yeah. hey we should take you know whatever the, the numbers yeah. are astronomical now they make up but you can't even do that you have to be like well they're not voting for my bill at all like I refuse to vote for that it's so man it's such a broken world yeah. and I think you you're offering hope at least for yeah. you know things to be better and help yourself and help others. Exactly. And and if I had my way, those are the be the heroes that we follow. And those are the kind of virtues and powers and morality and power that we subscribe to. And that's what I want in the public square. That's why we're creating these heroes that can actually, I think, share these values and bring people together, beginning with ourselves. And I think the world of politics, you're often like projecting your own anguish and anxieties onto others. Whereas I think this particular set of ideas, like, no, you have to start with yourself. You absolutely right. like, start with yourself. clean your own house first, right? Yeah. That's what, like, you know. Like, yeah, and if you can't get your own shit together, don't look to other people. Because everyone else is great at telling them how to live, but like as they're living yeah. immorally like, or, if you only know. you would do this, and if only they would do that, it's like, well, that may be true, but the reason that person is not doing it is because they're they're not really willing to do the hard work. And then we're getting into another thing that I think has been very, very negative in our world, which is the expectation that you're going to take a pill to make everything go away. You know, the short attention span theater that we've now, and this is big pharma, right? Hey, if something bothers you, if you're ill, let's not think about what's causing your illness. Let's get rid of the symptoms. It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. If you have high blood pressure, if you have diabetes, here, take these pills. We'll reduce the symptoms. Doctors don't even know very simple things like about how do you start with what the food you consume? You know, they don't even talk about nutrition anymore. They don't even know why people are getting sick. They just know, well, come to this thing and we'll take this tumor out of your body. We'll give you this pill. And so... Again, it's just like, I think we just have to start from the inside and that's not a popular thing to do, but this is really what's going to help people. This is what helped me in my own in my own life by just thinking about the root causes of things. Like, what am I doing to cause these things? And if people did that and the immortal heroes in our storyverse do that, they all do it. We keep going back to the personal responsibility and that's what all of this comes down to. And then also, how do you receive that message? When are you ready to get that? And how do you yeah. understand it? I, I'm hopeful for you, man. I, I really hope this, you know, you obviously are great success here with four things going on, but like, I really hope your movie studios and everything can take off and inspire people. It is very, you know, do I think their world's ending in my lifetime? I, I don't know. I don't think so. It's not something I think about often, but do I think it can get a lot better? Are we like on a slope of like going down and nobody taking personal responsibility? Like, I definitely yeah. think that's where we're at. Yeah. And you know, as we talk about ever this fast food diet that Americans have, and they're yeah. getting larger and larger, and you know, seat planes have to get bigger to accommodate them. They're like, "Oh my God, how come I can't yeah. fit on the plane?" Like, stop eating ten cheeseburgers and you know, go yeah. eat a salad and, and get better. 
it'll just make everyone better. Like, you know, you're poisoning your mind by watching crap TV. You're poisoning your ears by listening to crap music. You're poisoning your diet by eating crap. And then you wonder why you have a bad attitude and a bad view for the world. And, and, then, and then it's very easy to, to be angry at somebody because you're not, you don't feel good, you know, and how can, how can you have any kind of positivity when you don't feel good physically, when you're kind of spiritually ill and then you have a lot of repressed emotions and you have a, we all have a lot of unprocessed traumas that we're trying to get. And this is why there's a, there's a drug, there's, a, there's an addictive epidemic going on. This is where, you know, so all of those things are, are, are playing out. So we're living in incredibly troubling, challenging times. And this is, I think, a version of going through them in a way that the most healthy. And so, so I think that's what we're advocating. And this is the tip of the iceberg. And I and I and I believe that by changing popular culture, we have an opportunity to influence people at a very very deep cellular level. Because what you see on screen, the th- the time that you consume a story, you're open you're opening your heart. You're you're open to new influences, and and if you subscribe to these characters, which I think people do, because we all have an intrinsic need for our heroes, this could be an activating force. And and um, and I think a lot of people have had a lived through superheroes. That's on a positive side, and now they're ready for a new type of heroes to take it to the next level. And this is where our work at Immortal comes in. Where can people get more? Where can people find out more about you? Where can people Learn about the Kickstarter. Um, well, they could just go to Kickstarter, kickstarter.com and search Immortal Studios. And then the turning the page on superhero campaign will come up. They can also come to our website. It's immortal-studios.com. For people who like what I have to say, I am ancient futurist on Instagram. Awesome. I'm going to link all your stuff in the show notes. Is there any paths you want to cover? Is there anything we haven't gone down that... The people need to know. Look, this is this is actually the most comprehensive conversation I've had about everything. We've covered we've covered a lot, and I'm sure there, there there's a few more. We can totally geek out on on how kung fu. We didn't talk about kung fu, but we can save that for another time because that's another thing that you know kung fu is actually at the heart of kung fu. Actually, means mastery across you know all across. Just, just total mastery. And that's a conversation that's also a big part of the Immortal Storyverse. What is Kung Fu? How do we have it in our lives? Let's go. Let's go. To, if we have five minutes, let's go down that path. Well, Kung Fu actually means mastery, right? I, I did this, our version, I did a podcast uh, a few weeks ago with the abbot of the Shaolin Temple. And keep in mind, Shaolin is important in our genre because this is the birthplace of Kung Fu. And of course, Kung Fu is now. People consider Kung Fu to be the martial arts. So Kung Fu and Zen actually comes from Shaolin. It's a really, really profound statement. And people have this idea that Kung Fu is about ass-kicking, is about all the external stuff. So from the originator of Kung Fu, Kung Fu to them actually means your meditation. So that the biggest thing you should know about, whether there are a lot of people who think they know Kung Fu, including Neo says, I know Kung Fu, right? From the, the famous things. Well. Your level of Kung Fu is your ability to, to be in the stillness. So that is real Kung Fu. And Kung Fu actually comes from combining movement with stillness. And spirituality is a, an essential, quintessential part of Kung Fu that has been forgotten. So we have a world of Kung Fu practitioners who are thinking about how do I do this pose? How do I jump to, to do this kick? How do I do this? Somersault, I mean, all that is fine and fun and, and obviously important for health and for, for aesthetics. But the real Kung Fu is actually a spiritual perspective. Are you able to hold space for that stillness? And again, we are bringing that back to Kung Fu. And in as much as we are the wuxia genre, we are turning the page also on how Kung Fu and its practiced and exemplified in popular media today. So we are. Um, I told you, I shared with you, your, your, your listeners that my, 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 my name on, on Instagram is Ancient Futurist. Part of what we're turning the page on, we're going back to the origin of Kung Fu to bring spirituality back into the practice of it. And this is the future of Kung Fu is this past. And this kind of Kung Fu thread is a big part of what's activating the immortal story verse. And this is also the embodiment piece because 
ultimately, the lifestyle changes that we were talking about is not just a set of beliefs. It's not a set of thoughts you think. Of course, it starts from there. It's your ability to translate these thoughts into your body, into your lives, and then be able to work and move from there, fully embodying your beliefs and how you show up and how you behave and the things you do. That is the kind of Kung Fu that is being championed and being sent forth from the Immortal Storyverse. And this is the future of Kung Fu, and this is the real authenticity of the genre. And I believe we are the only, we are a vanguard voice in that regard. And this is just freshly minted from our event called Immortal Shaolin two and a half days ago here in Los Angeles. So this is, we're hatching it on this particular program, Mr. McCoach. It's like breaking news here, man. Oh, the, the, breaking I, news. This is like, yeah. this is actually a big deal. Yeah. That either the founder of Kung Fu have partnered with us. And, and now we are broadcasting this. This is not looking backwards. Well, this is kind of going to the founding origins of it. And we are recasting it. As a martial artist, I'm doing it. I've done, I've, and as a practicing yogi, as a person who's been training for this moment for the past few decades, I can say that I've lived that life. And now we are, I'm, I'm breathing that energy and that consciousness and that continuity into our stories. Dude, I think that that's awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> How, so, when did you start practicing kung fu? You've been doing this like your entire life. No, I started about twenty um, twenty four years ago. Okay, I started as a as a meditator, so that was important. So I, because I I started on the meditation side, and then the physical side was like parallel tracks. So I was able to fully really appreciate it. Those are kind of my insights and curiosities and questions. And, and I appreciated the literature because I think that's what makes Kung Fu so different than like boxing, right? Or fencing or Krav Maga or self-defense. Yeah, because I think what makes Kung Fu so different than the other styles of martial combat is this philosophical, mystical piece of it, right? If you look at the things that made, made Bruce Lee such an enduring figure, you know, are things like he says, like, be water, my friends. You look at his, you know, you, you listen to his philosophy about it. So I think that is what makes Kung Fu different. And that's real life heroes. Right. You're bringing up the self-defense arts and, and boxing yeah. and, uh, or aggressive arts, things like that. It's hard to live that mentality outside in the real world, where if the Kung Fu mentality is quietness, is peace, is order. And then yeah. you know, you're, all you're doing is improving your skills by doing that. But, yeah. you know, Mike Tyson gets outside the ring and starts getting in bar fights and, you know, yeah. spousal fights and everything. It's like, okay, that's not the right mentality. You're not focused correctly. No, no, no. And, and so, 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 yes, you could. That's why real Kung Fu is the way of the peaceful warrior. And, and the people who are really, really good at it are some of the mellowest, most peaceful people. And they actually have that effect on others. You know this like way more than I do. But I'm just saying that like that's the true like showmanship of somebody who has control of a situation. It's not yeah. that I can dominate you. It's that I can change. I can, I can dominate your feelings. I can change how you're viewing this. I can take from aggressive to, you know, de-escalate this mm -hmm. and be, yeah. you know, let us both walk away thinking we're winners. Yeah. Like that, that's that, what we need in this world now. And that mentality, or, imagine taking that mentality to national affairs. Say, imagine we had, we had leaders who in the midst of great martial strife, which is our planet right now, be able to be so peaceful and so level-headed and relaxed in the most challenging environments so that you're not overreacting. You can actually bring peace to situations. You know, I can't, no matter where you are, what kind of political ideals you subscribe to, nobody wants to blow up our world. Nobody wants more bloodshed. Or they may want it, but they don't. You can't they assume do they're the last one standing in all of this. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, good luck figuring that one out. You're not going to be able to annihilate everybody. You're only going to continue this endless cycle of revenge and vengeance. And when does it stop? You know, so I think it's time to just really examine it in, in you know, not as the, oh, that's a beautiful idea. It's like, no, these are these are the ideas to live by. Those are the, the ancient futurists. Yeah. This, Those this are the, the ancient ideas. Story in our stories. Yeah. Our characters actually go through that. So we do explore these things and 
we're actively showing and demonstrating people making those decisions. And, and so I'm, I'm hopeful, but it's clearly a tall order. You're built for That's this, why- man. I've got faith in you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You got this going on, man. We could talk about this for hours. And I, I wanted, I'd rather leave the people with wanting more than overextending it. You are welcome back here anytime. If you know, I I like your thinking. Uh, you know your your worldview that you have, and incorporating all of this into your your project and where it's going. I'm going to post all your stuff in the show notes. I sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. You told me that this would be an enjoyable, great conversation, and this has been. I can honestly say I haven't talked about all of these things in one thing. So I'm happy that it was you and on your show, and I and I done. Uh, I'm really happy we memorialized it and I'll be able to look back to it and say, hey, we talked about that the first time. Yep. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. You have a great night. All right, everyone. That was our show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date in all things wild and weird. Check out the links in the show notes for more information on our guest. The biggest support you can offer is to tell everyone about the podcast. Until next time. 